name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There's a story from the 1800s that goes like this. There were two ministers who went on a holiday together in the Welsh hills. And there they met a shepherd, a young boy who had never been to school and knew nothing of a Christian faith. They hoped to lead him to a personal faith. And so they read to him Psalm 23, stressing, the Lord is my shepherd. The next year, they returned to these hills, and they stopped at a house for a cold drink. And when they recognized the young boy in a picture on the mantle, the woman of the house said that that was her son. He died last winter in a snowstorm tending the sheep. But it was a curious thing, she said. They found him clutching the fourth finger of his left hand. Well now, said one of the ministers, when we met your son last year, we introduced him to Psalm 23. And since he was a shepherd boy, we taught him to repeat the first line. And whenever he said it to himself, to pause on the fourth word and think, this psalm is for me. Today we read arguably the most popular psalm in history in the world, known to those far beyond Christian and Jewish lines, memorized by millions. Uh, I heard a story this morning on the courtyard of a woman that said, I was raised in a house that wasn't religious, but my father demanded that I memorize two things, the Lord's Prayer and Psalm 23. And I thought, what a gift. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So let's try this. Everybody raise your left hand. Put your left hand up and count one, two, three, four. Hold your ring finger with your right hand. And now together, let's say the first four words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my stop. You can put your hands down. You can hold your ring finger the whole time if you want to. Uh, that is the word for today. My. The Lord is my shepherd. This goes for everyone. It is personal and intimate and true for everyone. The Lord is my shepherd. No one is exempt from this gift. In addition to Psalm 23... We heard a teaching story from Jesus, another parable. We're used to these in the Gospel of John. And in it is one of those I am statements. John's Gospel is special for these. It has seven of them spread throughout. And we hear them, I am this and I am that. The focus of these statements are on what happens to us when we believe in God when we believe in the amazing, positive, and transformative effects in our lives that faith in God brings. It's an invitation. Come to me. I am. Today I'd like to focus on three of them. From the sixth chapter of John, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Thirst is a requirement. So, just to get a sense, raise your hand if you were dragged here today. Okay, close your eyes. Close your eyes. It's only me that can see, nobody else. Now raise your hand if you were dragged here today. Okay, all right, you can open your eyes, I know. Uh, well, good, most of you weren't. So you're thirsty. We thirst for something spiritual, something above and beyond all the madness of our human world. We thirst for that. This Wednesday was the National Day of Prayer. I don't know if any of you heard about that, but I went to an event at Mayor Garcetti's house in Los Angeles, and he, um, amidst a, a multitude of religious leaders of all faiths you can imagine, together, looking at our commonality, uh, to that day, he said this quote, which I loved. It's from Karl Barth, the theologian. As we clasp our hands in prayer, it is the beginning of the uprising against the disorder of our world. So when we come here, we bring ourselves to the gate. I'll get to that. We're seeking. That's good. We're seeking. God wants us to seek. Jesus teaches us that putting our faith in God will keep us fed and will quench our thirst. Remember how he told the woman at the well that the water he offered would cure her thirst forever. We're invited to come drink, to believe, to align ourselves with God, to surrender and trust and listen and learn and try to do good and say we're sorry when we don't. And when we say yes to this invitation, when we come to God in prayer, in community, like this, in service out in the world, in serving others, we're quenched. And when we are, it feels good and we like it. So we come back. And here you are. In recovery programs, they say, keep coming back. It works if you work it and you're worth it. I love that. How true. And this is the good news from God. All who believe in me will never be thirsty. Now the second I am is from today's gospel, which we just heard. The 10th chapter of John. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Sound familiar? He makes me lie down in green pastures. Jesus is saying that he is the gate to the entrance to a place of peace and love. And as we come in, as we come here and we stay open to that, then we grow. This is a season of hope, the Easter season. 
Remember that Easter is a season. It's seven weeks, and we're in week four. Jesus is the gate to hope. He knows us by name. He calls us through the gate to him. And then, and this is key, he leads us out. And he goes ahead of us. He goes ahead. We're invited in, we're fed, we're thirsted, and we are led out to find pasture. Think about that. We have the freedom to come in and go out as we please. The shepherd always goes before us into the darkness, into the doctor's appointment that we dread, into the finals and the AP tests and and the shame and the depression or the hard day at work or whatever it is that's tough, the shepherd goes ahead. And the gate is always open to come back in to the sheepfold where we're safe and we're fed. And it's in that invitation, come in and connect with me. Find peace in here and then learn how to better go out into the world holding on to that state of peace, grasping our hands in prayer, and knowing deeply that all will be well. The third I am is not included in our gospel today. It's the very next line, but we don't get it next week, and so I wanted to give it to you today because it's pertinent and it's, it's everything we're talking about. And it is, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what shepherds do. They care for their flock. This we know. We're the sheep. Now, I've been told that sheep are about the stupidest animals on the planet. Next to turkeys. Right, Tom? Maybe a good point. It doesn't matter how stupid, stupid any of us creatures are. Jesus is saying, I'm here for you to take care of you and lead you, and I'll lay down my life for you. This I am, I am the good shepherd, points to who God is and what God has done for us, such as taking away the sin of the world. I will lay down my life for you. That's another sermon. But it's who God is and what God does, not what we do. So back a moment to Psalm 23. The Psalms preceded the Gospels. King David, the David who slew Goliath with a single stone from his uh, slingshot, wrote half of the Psalms, almost, and the emotional poetry that he writes in the Psalms shows his deep trust in God to conquer his own weakness and to strengthen him up to go out to the pasture. And young David was a shepherd. And then as a king, he became shepherd of his people. So imagine how that experience would bring a new idea a new awareness to his idea of the Lord is my shepherd. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, mine. 
yours, ours, for each and every one of us, knowing us by name and guiding us along no matter what we do. That's what the shepherd does. David writes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which means being in deep darkness, it is easier to feel secure in God's love when all is well, right? But it takes a different kind of strength to feel it and to trust in God's love when we're in the dark. God doesn't shield us from the darkness. God is in it with us all the time. The shepherd goes ahead. The shepherd's there already. Surely, David writes, surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Abundant life. That's what the shepherd does takes care of us and gives us strength. I just want to take a moment to point out uh, that the music in this service today, all of the hymns that we're singing, all of the lyrics, are so poignant to all of the readings today, the whole package. So I hope that you can steep in the songs and the scripture that we've read and the sermon. And when you come to the rail for bread, remembering I am the bread of life, that all of this experience will comfort and inspire you to lean on the shepherd. The shepherd wants you to come to the gate, wants you to hear his voice, no matter what you've done. I had a woman once say to me, would you pray for me? And I said, of course. And just so you know, you can pray for you too. And she said, oh no, I'm afraid God isn't listening to me after what I've done. This is fundamentally and completely untrue. If we think that God loves us because of something we've done, then we stand to fall into the misconception that therefore God may not love us because of something we haven't done. So please let go of that thinking. So we, ha we hear, I am, I am, I am. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. Maybe you wonder, like I do, well, who am I? Who am I in all of this, in this story? I'm a youth pastor here, and I know that I'm surrounded by young people who come here repeatedly, consistently, and they're learning and growing and changing and trying new things, and they're serving out in the world, and they're making mistakes, and all the while they wonder, who am I in God's eyes? Well, I was inspired by another youth pastor who wrote a song about this. He's from Alabama, Mark Hall. And he wrote these lyrics after thinking, just that. You know, here I am, I'm just this nobody in the middle of Alabama, and I'm talking to the God of the universe, and he hears me. Who am I? It's like a 
letter to God. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain and calm the storm in me? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. You've told me who I am. I am yours. The Lord is my shepherd. Hold on to that. Amen.